Hey everybody, it's Jake and I'm alone in the basement. Uh, today we're going to be talking to Danny Adam, mostly known in the Northeast United States, uh, especially Western Mass, Connecticut, uh, upstate New York. He, uh, he wrestles a lot around here, so I'm, I'm pretty pumped to talk to him. Uh, he came out of the TIW school, and uh, if, you, if you know anything about that, you know I've had a lot of people on from that promotion and even the head trainer at the time. Uh, one thing I want to talk about quick in the opening is if any of you uh, were, have been listening since way back when it was, you know, just Chris and Tyler and I, uh, you remember how we broke the light fixture trying to change a light bulb. Um, thanks to my awesome wife, Shelby, I now have lights again. Uh, it's a, a detachable light bulb and a small little lantern, but there's more light in here now than there was when we just had the single light bulb. So thanks to her, I'm no longer by candlelight and just you know, the laptop screen, I can actually see what's around me, which makes me a little less terrified in this basement. All right, you know the deal by now. <laughs> Just listen through the uh, the ad, and then on the way back, we'll be talking to Danny Adam. All right, everybody, we are back, and we are with the toxic terror, Danny Adam. What's going on, man? What's up, guys? How's everybody doing today? Uh, I love nicknames in wrestling. That's just one of my things, and I love the toxic terror. That one's fucking great. Did you come up with that, or did someone give you that? I did. It kind of just came out of nowhere. I, I forgot where I was working. I was working somewhere, and I think I think Mark Adam Haggerty was the first person to call me by that name. I, I asked him to, but I was working somewhere, and like a lot of guys were coming out with these monikers. I'm like, man, I really need a moniker, and it just kind of came out of nowhere. Like, I, Obviously, I wasn't going to use the Toxic Avenger. That's too obvious. but <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I just came out of nowhere, and I just, it stuck. Like a couple of guys I talked to were like, yeah, that's pretty good. I like that. I'm like, all right, cool. Stick it with it. Love it. Yeah, that one is a really good one. You're, you should you should run with that as long as you can. Well, thank you. I'm going to try my best. <laughs> uh, now we'll start out where you no, know, pretty much everybody does. What Was there a moment uh, where wrestling hooked you as a fan? For Like you knew this was it for life? Or was it just something you've always been watching? Um. It's funny because I I watched a few years. I've listened to a few of the podcasts, and I had a feeling this was coming. And I think to myself, I never really had a moment. It, there wasn't like, oh, I saw this match, and that was it. I knew it was going to be it. It's just I grew up watching. You know, my dad was a big wrestling fan, and it was right before the Attitude Era. And you know, you'd see like, well, I think it was right around the start of the Attitude Era. Like you'd see like it was when Ahmed Johnson was still wrestling all the time. Goldos was just really starting to get big, and uh, you know, it's just. I would say it's the same as most wrestling fans where in the Attitude Era, Ruthless Aggression Era, the things that got me hooked were the big moments and the big stories, not so much the wrestling. And now when I watch it, it's the wrestling I'm looking for. I can, you know, stories are great and all, but I want to see some really good technical guys, not look, I took two bumps and <laughs> nothing else. Uh, but uh, <laughs> Yeah, man, I'm, I'm with you. I was I was weird. I mean, I grew up, you know, right as it was turning into the new generation era. So, I mean, I, I've been a fan since I can remember. My first words were Hulk and then Hogan. So, but I'm, I'm one of those weird guys where the Attitude Era actually was turning me off of wrestling because I was, at that age, more interested in, you know, the matches and less of the story. And I guess the thing that, if anything, hooked me for life was discovering websites where I could buy New Japan tapes. And that's what kept me going. <laughs> See, for me, it's like I didn't really even know about – I didn't really – I was kind of – I wouldn't say I was an ignorant fan. I just wasn't really well – I didn't have the knowledge. So I didn't really know about New Japan until 
years and years later when I became an adult, you know? So it's like, to me, all I thought there was was WWF and that was it. And then, you know, I got turned on to NWA before it turned into like TNA and Impact and all that. And that's where I got to see guys like AJ Styles for the first time and Abyss and guys like that. And so that's where it started to like broaden my, I would say like that mid 2000s is where not necessarily, I wouldn't say that's where it hooked me, but that's where it really broadened my horizons with wrestling. And like, I really started to be like, there's more out there than just WWF. Oh my God, I gotta check this out. <laughs> and the mid 2000s for the indie scene was awesome. It was just so good. I'll have to go back and try and watch it. Like I said, I was so, uh, I was too. I wasn't knowledgeable enough. I was too ignorant then. <laughs> oh yeah, there's there's a lot of of great stuff that was going on then, and a lot of those guys who were big then, or you know, are, are huge now. Like, look at Samoa Joe and AJ and oh, absolutely, yeah. When when Samoa Joe showed up in WWE, I was I was all excited, but I should have known they weren't gonna they weren't gonna do do well by him like TNA and Impact did. Yeah, or you know, the injury bug wasn't gonna hit him like it it has. I feel so bad for him. Oh, I know. Yeah, it's uh. Whew. That's something I always cross my fingers about every time I get in the ring. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, man, no doubt. Now, what made you decide that, you know what, I'm going to be a wrestler? Um. So, uh, as as I know a lot of people have, and I, I have no problem talking about it, I don't love it, but when back in like the, I would say about 2010, I started, I was a backyarder. But, you know, just a couple of guys, it wasn't even a ring, we were just... <laughs> saw horses and rugs on the ground and just beating the crap out of each other. And, uh, you know, I, I enjoyed doing it. I didn't love it because, you know, it was backyard and not, not, not a lot of these guys were really, um, I don't want to sound too horribly mean, but they weren't too well versed in actually wrestling. They just loved the hardcore stuff. But, uh, when I stopped doing that, I, I still wanted to have that outlet and, um, you know, Lance Madewell and, and uh, CJ Scott brought TIW here. And uh, I've known Lance Madewell. Jeez, let's see, it's 2020 now. I've known Lance Madewell for over 10 years now. We've been good friends. So when, when he brought that here and said that he was going to be bringing wrestling and possibly a school, I'm like, I'm in. This is absolutely something I want to do. This gives me a reason to get into shape and I can actually, you know, take a shot. And if I, if I don't do well, then, oh, well, at least I tried. Well, yeah, it's working out so fun for me. <laughs> and and don't necessarily feel bad about you know the whole yarding thing. I mean that's where everybody I feel like in this era, well most of them started. I mean that's where I met C.J. Scott. We backyarded together. Uh, yeah, I, I remember listening to you and Paul talk, and Paul mentioned that the backyard days, you guys. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean I met Scott when I was like 17, 18 years old, somewhere in there. And I'll look at a, a lot of the top indie guys now. It's crazy. Even Chad, oh, yeah. even Chad Gable, you know, Olympic guy, was a yarder at one point, which is, is nuts. <laughs> I just, I, for me, it, it just wasn't a very professional sense. We didn't have a ring. It was nothing <laughs> like that. It was just yeah, a bunch it, of guys screwing around. <laughs> it, it was crazy when, you know, I started with some people that it was just these foam pads I brought that eventually went on to us finally getting rings and it's just yeah. crazy, like, what the drive can be, you know, if, if there's not much of an outlet. Absolutely. And, and for the people who, who did that, who were backyarding and got out and, and really kept going, I, I got a few guys that uh, that I'm with now in CIW that I backyarded with that are now doing they're doing the real thing. And it's, you know, I'm proud of them just as I'm proud of myself. So it's, it's you know, it's, it's great to see guys can get away from that and 
go legit. Oh yeah, it's always awesome when you get to see people make the dream work. I mean, stepdads oh, are two of those guys, and I I fucking love them. <laughs> oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, couple of guys I work with now in, in TIW, the Dillon Street Boys. They they uh, Corey Bush, Brattlebrook, Brett, Sean Miller. I, I back out of all of them. Uh, this kid Vakula, he's now in TIW. He's starting to really come up. He's you know super talented kid. He was a backyarder. I backyarded with Zayden Lynn. I backyarded. You know, all these guys, we all backyarded together. So, what good to see them all. Uh, I'll go legit. <laughs> yeah, and I think that might be another reason that now hearing that and you know and watching, you know, TIW shows, which again, you can watch them all for free on YouTube. Uh you can yeah, tell there's there's a lot of camaraderie between you guys and how well you work in the ring. And now by knowing that, you know, it's it's all people that have known each other for years and years, that makes way more sense into now why you guys work so well together. Some of us do, yeah. <laughs> you know, we all trust each other. We, we trust each other when we were slamming each other on rugs on the ground. So having an actual ring, it's it's a little more, you know, we can really have a lot more fun. So. Oh, yeah. Uh, now, Massachusetts uh, is, I mean, in the sense, is a lot more luckier than where I am in the middle of fucking nowhere, New York, in that there are... Uh, <laughs> plenty of wrestling schools to go to i mean you know they're they're all over the place and there's lots and lots of great reputable ones i mean there's just so much but out of all of those schools in massachusetts what made you go with the tiw school was it knowing lance yes um i would say part of it is and this isn't meant to sound like a lazy response but part of it is convenience you know it was school was five minutes from my house when um Back when TNW first showed up and they were running shows at the Pilgrim Memorial Church, I went to every show, you know, with Lance and then helped him set up and all that. And it was around spring of 2017 that him and, you know, I talked to him and CJ Scott and they were both like, you know, we want to start up a school. We want to start training guys. And I was me, uh, Sean Miller were like the first two. I first two that really hopped on it. And uh, the other guy was Guy Sadlowski who really hopped on it real quick, too. And this was once a month. They could run, you know, they didn't have a building, so they would just run classes on the day of a show. And then uh, when they got their new spot, that was when they started being able to open up an actual school. And so, you know, knowing Lance really made me want to get into it. On, on top of the fact that I just, I really need to get in a better shape. Back then I was like 200 pounds, chubby kid. And I was like, man, this will at least give me a reason to go to the gym. <laughs> if all else fails, at least I can get into shape now. And, uh, yeah, so that's why I chose, I chose TIW was because I know Lance and it was, it was convenient for me between holding down a shoot job and being able to go and train with friends of mine. Um, but there are a couple other schools. You're right. There are some great schools around here. I've, I've gone down to the, um, test of strength jo dojo, Slick Wagner Brown school a couple of times. Um, he's always been very welcoming and very, very good to me. His classes are great. And as well as um, when this whole thing is over with, I'm going to start going to uh, Kevin Landry's school, Pro Wrestling Combine, uh, in uh, Holyoke as well. So trying to trying to get a feel for how everybody runs their classes so I can start seeing it now. Now that, uh, unfortunately, the TIW school's no longer open. We were running out of a mall. The mall closed. We no longer have a, a set spot. So it's unfortunate for anyone else around here who's really looking to get into it. Yeah, it definitely, you know, sucks that it had to go down the way it did, but you never know yep. what the future is going to have. So you never know if something Absolutely. can pop up again. 
Uh, I usually don't ask a lot of questions about training, but because I know your trainers, <laughs> can you describe what your, your training was like? Cause I just, I mean, I remember, you know, growing up with Scott and, you know, going to IWS shows with CJ Scott where we were just ring crew and then he was refing. but I, I almost can't imagine him in a setting where he's training people. <laughs> Well, since I know he's going to listen, I'm going to say that he's a terrible person. No, I'm kidding. CJ, CJ is great. I attest a lot of what I... And Lance was great, too. This isn't down-talking Lance, but I know you specifically asked CJ. CJ is great. That man is a wealth of knowledge when it comes to not just training and showing you what to do in ring, but with psychology. And not just that, but something that I reached out to him not early on, but about, I would say when I was about a half a year, three quarters of, the, of a year into my training, I, I really want to talk to him about the professional aspects of what to do, showing up to a new promotion, how to act, things like that. And if it wasn't for his insight on things like that, I wouldn't be where I am today, you know? So he, as a trainer, he he was hard on people, but he needed to be. You know you know what I mean? If, yeah. You know, people show up and they're just dicking around. <laughs> he put them in their place and make sure they're getting back to work. So it's, it's not like you just show up and a bunch of guys will be kicking around the ring. You know what I mean? It's, it's all right, come on, let's do something or everybody go home. Cause I drive an hour and a half to come down here. <laughs> but yes, he was a great trainer. And I mean, you, you mentioned Lance too. And I remember when I first met Lance, he was, you know, just doing like uh, commentary and just, you know, in ring stuff. For another promotion, this was way before, you know, he ever stepped in between the ropes. And he's a guy who's also incredibly knowledgeable about wrestling and about Absolutely. every aspect of it. So I can only imagine, you know, how much wealth of knowledge he shared to you guys while, while teaching you, too. Absolutely. And, and I can't speak for any of the other students, but I can speak on, on my part that working with Lance kind of it brought like a level of comfort, you know, being in a situation where. You know, you're you're pushing your body to limits that it's never been to before because, you know, when you're training, this is all new to you. You're, you're still adjusting to taking your first bump, let alone getting thrown overhead for, uh, you know, butterfly suplex. <laughs> and uh, having a guy like Lance that I've known for so long, kind of, it, it brought that level of, of being like, okay, you know, at least I know I got a guy here who is going to make me under, you know, he's going gonna, gonna to be able to talk me through it and make me feel more comfortable about it. Someone I've known for so long. Like I said, I can't say that for everybody else that's there because they haven't known them as long as I have, but it was, uh, they, they were a great team together. Uh, I, and podcasts, if I know that there's, you know, a connection between me and the person I'm talking to, even if I've never talked to them before, like this is our first like actual <laughs> conversation. Um, Absolutely. now the ring that they use on all the shows, that's the ring you learned in, right? Yes. Now, was that the ring you took your first bump in? Yes. That is the I ring. That's the ring I took my last bump in. <laughs> That's, uh, that ring, I actually took my first bump back in like March of 2017 before they had their, their March show at the Pilgrim Memorial Church. And uh, that was when I like, I'm not going to say it's when I started training because that's not fair to say. It's when I started learning, I guess, but it's not when I really started training. And uh, I tell you, in out of the, the tremendous amount of, I didn't say tremendous, but out of the amount of rings I've been in, that's, that's been one of the better rings I've used. <laughs> oh, when, as old as it is, it's when, pretty great. <laughs> when I was first learning to work inside of a ring, I the ring I learned in was st- 
stiff as shit and it was so hard <laughs> but i felt like that was in a, a sense a good thing because then when i went to other rings and i was like oh this one's not as bad but i i knew <laughs> how to bump in a way that it was going to be fine no matter what because i was so used to this hard <laughs> ring so I've been I've been lucky enough that I've only had to use, um, you know, that I haven't had to use the spring rings, you know, the ones with the spring in the center. I know you don't really see those much anymore, but Wolf's told me stories about those, and boy, am I glad I've never had to use one of those. <laughs> we that was what was used um, in IWS when we were doing Ring Crew, and I remember when we would we would be watching the shows, you could the spring for some reason never stayed fucking straight. And as the show went on, it would turn and turn like it was just going to fucking fly out of there. And you could see it lifting up in the fucking ring. And I remember us looking underneath like, is this fucking thing going to go? Because we were just terrified of what the fuck will happen if this thing shot out of there. I've, I've only had that problem at a couple of shows. And uh, I know one of them was a TIW show. And... Jimmy Lemons got a little excited bouncing on the bottom rope and he snapped one of the, one of the, uh, I, I should say he snapped it, but when he was doing that, one of the, um, one of the screws for the turnbuckle snapped and the whole bottom rope just came right off. Oh. Thankfully it was just the bottom rope, so they were able to finish. And shocker, who would have thought that intermission was next and redneck Randy Walker not only was there, but had his whole ring with him. <laughs> so he just went out, popped the pieces out, we were ready to go. <laughs> that is fucking luck. Oh, it, it was luck. But there's, a, I mean, I've had that happen. I've, I've unfortunately had the, the top rope break, not break, but come off on me when I hit the ropes once. That was a terrifying experience. Oh, I, God. I never, do not recommend. Do not recommend. No, that that does <laughs> um, sound scary. I, I've, I've, Mike almost broke a come along once before an Immortal Championship wrestling show. Uh, <laughs> so I've, I've had my fun. I, it's, it's been a good time. <laughs> Uh, so how long have you been wrestling now? My first match was, <clears throat> like, my very first match in front of a, a crowd was January of 2018. It was uh, Truly Independent Wrestling's Snow Brawl. It was their second Snow Brawl, I think. Don't quote me on that. And uh, I wrestled I wrestled CJ Scott. So it's been about, it's been over two years now that I've had my very first, like, match. Now, for someone, I mean, two years, I mean... It is a, a long time, in a sense, in wrestling, but it's not at the same time. Yeah. But you're, I mean, out of, uh, you know, the local area guys, because, I mean, within a couple hours of me, but you wrestle, you know, in my backyard regularly. You're, you're a guy who I feel like <laughs> has branched out pretty far from, from where you started. I mean, you work Immortal, you work New York Championship Wrestling, you know, Paradise Alley. You, you, you get around uh, what do you attribute that to? Um, I will say one of the plus sides, and this, you know, this this goes to defend my fellow students, is that I don't have kids, and I don't have a family, so I don't have to worry about, you know, am I going to be able to do this and do that? You know, I don't have as much responsibilities, and uh, my shoot job, uh, uh, I make my own schedule, so I can, <laughs> I can do, I can come and go as I please. <laughs> um, but I, like I said, I, I, if I have to attribute to something, it's just it's what I said before about, you know, CJ Scott taught me a lot about professionalism and reaching out. And I, I really go out of my way to reach out to these promoters. What can I do to help? Yada, yada. And, uh, you know, it, it definitely 
it's an experience. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I would say Bob Evans really taught me the most when it said do the drives and get out there and, and just take a shot. Drive two and a half, three hours. What's, what's, what's the worst that's going to happen? You're going to get there, they won't need you, and you'll go home. So, <laughs> so but, um, but yeah, you know, I would say that it, it works out that I have the, I live a lifestyle that I can get away with traveling so much. And uh, in my episode where I talked to Damon Ravage, he was, you know, very complimentary of the fact that you are hardworking and that you, you know, you, you put yourself out there for the chance to get these opportunities. He was very positive of what he had to say about you. Quick, quick shout out to Damon Ravage for that. I appreciate it. And I hope that sometime that if we ever finally get back to wrestling again, that before 2020 is over, me and him need to have a singles match because we never had one. So if any bookers are listening, let's make that happen. <laughs> yeah, you CJ Scott, make it fucking happen. CJ <laughs> Scott, Mike King at Immortal, if you're listening, I know you've booked Damon before. Put us in there. NYCW, maybe Johnny Patches, if you're listening. That's true. Got a little while still. There. There's a, there. You're right. There's a lot of options there. Absolutely, and, and I would love to. T- I would love to take any of these guys down to Connecticut too for for PAPW or Test of Strength as well. Um, I, I reach out to anybody I can. I'm. I'm I feel like I'm starting to turn into the stepdads. Every day a show comes up, I'm like, who wants to come with me? Someone travel. You never know what's going to happen. But that's, that's, you're right, though. That's the best thing. You don't know what's going to happen. So instead of Absolutely. just staying home and just being like, eh, well, I don't know. Literally, what is the worst fucking thing that could happen to you? If you were just going to sit on your couch all day, you could at least take the ride. Worst case scenario? Yeah, worst case scenario? Okay, nothing. We'll go yeah, home. It, it happened to me. My, my very first time at Test of Strength was thanks to High Voltage Omar. He brought me down for a Test of Strength show, and I did a, you know, a, like a Battle Royal Rumble match. And ever since then, I've been booked on almost every single show they've had. Now, fast forward, when I started going down to uh, Paradise Alley Pro Wrestling, I brought the Dillon Street Boys with me, and they got booked. And now they're Sean Miller of the DSB Elite is, is one of the regular starting to become a regular guy down there so you just you never know just hop in the car take the drive you never know what can happen yeah and and even you know literally the part of the best part of it is the drive and the time you get to spend with your friends and joking and all the inside jokes you will have for the rest of your life absolutely i mean some the rides are some of the best ones you can do and especially like I, i wanted to excite once and that was, you know, it's about three hours out. And I was expecting a ride like when I go to New York Championship Wrestling or when Immortal runs in, like, Rome or Amsterdam. No, this was all, like, back roads and farms. and. <laughs> oh, yeah, that drive is no, fucking... No, no gas stations for 20 miles. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's an interesting drive. That's like uh, going to Watertown. I don't know if you've ever been up there for any fucking reason. I haven't been to Watertown, no. But, yeah, it's one of those things where you assume since there is an army base up there that it'll be fairly easy to get to and there will be, like, a throughway or some shit. It is not. It's all, like, fucking back roads with gigantic fucking wind turbines. It's, uh, it's it like... Was, it was my, my first time at World of Hurt Wrestling, too. I went out to Whitehall, and that's what I thought, too. I'm going out there, like, ah, oh, this is New York, right? And I'm in... I was in Vermont up until about 10 minutes before we, we were supposed to be there. I'm like, where... What is happening right now? <laughs> <laughs> and next thing you know, it's, here's New York. There you are. You're there. So, so yes, the rides, are, the rides are just too good. <laughs> All right, man. Um, 
Now, as you're saying, you wrestle, you know, in a lot of different places around here. Uh, I feel like the upstate New York Western Mass scene is really starting to take off. And, you know, it, it took long enough, but we're at a point now where we have a lot of quality promotions. How would you describe this scene from your own perspective? Um, it's like you said, it is really starting to take off. And the good thing you're seeing is that you, you know, the promotions that are doing it right, because they're the ones that are still around. Massachusetts has definitely, I shouldn't say definitely, but it's, it started to become last year. It started to become a bit oversaturated. I'd see a lot of these companies pop up. We'll call these big names and like big indie guys that I know, and they'd run two or three shows and then you'd never see them again. <laughs> but then you'd see the companies like truly independent wrestling, like uh, like New York Championship Wrestling, Immortal. I mean, granted, Mike King has done this for a long time, so he knows specific, he knows especially. But you know, guys like that who can who are really sticking it out because they just they have the smart business sense and they know what they're doing. They know how to build good. St- I, I will give all the credit in the world to CJ Scott. That man can tell a story on a wrestling show like nobody's business. <laughs> but uh, I, I would like to see, I would like to see it keep going, not necessarily more companies, but I'd like to see these companies really just keep going. And I know how hard it is in New York. I feel so bad for some of the New York promoters <laughs> when they're running shows, as opposed to running shows in Massachusetts. Massachusetts is a whole lot easier. But um, I would really like to see, you know, just I want to see all my friends get booked. I want to see all these guys get booked and just everybody really start pushing, you know, the big stories and, and really just keep expanding. Everyone's just on the up and up right now. I can't, you got nowhere to go but up from here. So uh, that's, that's what I really like to see. And if, if that's where it can keep going, that would be great. Yeah, that, that is the best way to put it. And you're right. There's times where Massachusetts has kind of gotten oversaturated, but you know, there Ooh. are, a handful of promotions who have been able to, you know, the test of time has, has really worked out for them. Places like chaotic wrestling beyond you're right. uh, What you guys are doing, you know, in Pittsfield, it's, it's really carved out a niche in an area where there wasn't really a permanent promotion. And to fill that, that void was something that was very important. I mean, once, once a year, NEW would come down and run a show and, that was really it. That's that's all you'd get. Northeast Wrestling would run their one show at our, our baseball park, and that's all you'd see for the whole year. So it's it was definitely a real good thing to have, to have that, that local wrestling company, local guys that people knew that would be there every month. You could watch them. You know, you come down and watch your friends wrestle, or, or if you're just a fan coming from Connecticut, you know, CJ would bring down all sorts of guys. So you'd get fans who don't even know what Pittsfield is or what Berkshire County is. They'd show up and they never been here before, and now they're coming down once a month because they watched one show because they saw, you know, Bobby Ocean come down and work, and now they're coming up all the time. You know what I mean? So it's it's just good to have something like that for the people around here. Oh, definitely. And I'm glad that Bobby Ocean is a big part of Test of Strength because he's, he's a super talented dude. Oh, I love Bobby. Bobby's great. Now, uh as you, as we've mentioned plenty of times in here, the pandemic is is currently on and ruining all of our lives. But <laughs> do you, once this is all over and we can get back to um, some semblance of what was normal life, what are some of the goals for the future? Man, I mean, I haven't really. I, I'm upset with myself because I haven't really set too many goals on wrestling for 2020 just yet. I want to keep 
keep traveling and I want to keep debuting for new companies. I've actually been really trying my hardest to get, I wouldn't say out of the Northeast, but I want to get down to Proving Ground and I want to get down to RWA. Those are a couple of companies that I know a lot of people and I really want to want to get out there and start doing that. Um, I mean, obviously, as a wrestler, I would love some gold and I'm going to keep working for that and hope to get that. Um, <laughs> but really, it's just I want to keep expanding my horizons. I want to keep getting my name out there. And I definitely have like a nice a nice list of guys that I know I want to work over the next year. I won't say before 2020 is over. But I, know I have like a list of guys I want to work for, for within the next year. So that's, that's about my goals right there is just keep expanding and get the chance to work certain people that I really want to work. And work new people. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the best you can ask for. And, you know, the, the pandemic couldn't have hit at a worse time for, for certain people. And I feel like you're one of them because you were definitely building up some steam. Uh, you know, you just ch- challenged for the TIW championship. And in, in Immortal, you, you know, back-to-back wins. It felt like, you know, things were, you know, building up for you. And then for shit to just shut down is a, is a real yeah, kick in the dick. It was, it was a tough time. Uh, not only that, but it... it PAPW, I was really just, I was finally starting to get my feet on the ground and, and really start telling some stories. You know, I uh, I just stole the King of Paradise crown from Nick Delta and I jumped in on their on their United States Championship match to challenge the champions. So, I mean, all these big things were happening in all these companies and then this has to happen. Yeah. <laughs> just um, our luck. Right, but at least you are, you know, one of the people out there who is is still creating content uh, I really liked your pandemic video, uh, showing you just just wearing the mask throughout the house. That was that was great. So, at, at least you understand the importance of still, you know, doing stuff to keep your name out there in a time when there isn't really much that can be done. Yeah, I I, I feel like that's that's big for a lot of people to do right now. You know, and no, nothing's too small. You know, do anything you can to keep relevance, even if you just want to post and say something about. How's everyone handling the pandemic? What are you doing to keep yourselves busy? You know, just do something to keep yourselves relevant. I'm glad to see that a lot of companies are using this time to catch up on their footage and things like that. So I like to see that. I'm glad to see that companies and workers together are doing everything they can. And guys like you who are <laughs> doing everything you can to keep wrestling going in this crucial time. Uh yeah, I mean, what else? What else am I gonna do? I'm just trying, trying to do my little piece. <laughs> well, we all appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks, man. I mean, like, like I've said a million times before, I, I started this because you know I always wanted to be a wrestler. Uh, it, I know it's not going to happen, but you know, at least I can still do something within the wrestling world that makes me feel like I'm doing something positive. Absolutely, this is just as important. This you're you're getting the word out. For people who don't have the opportunity to, and you're you're it's it's promotion. That's that's what you're doing. You are getting people exposure, which is one of the biggest things that people need in this business. Hey man, I'm glad that I I have some some place of relevancy. <laughs> now, if it's cool, can I ask you uh, a handful of rapid fire questions that have nothing to do with pro wrestling? As long as you don't need rapid fire answers, you got it. Uh, I mean, I don't think anyone has really answered rapid fire. <laughs> I say it. I should just switch it to. Can I ask you some really random, weird questions that have nothing to do with wrestling? <laughs> Absolutely, go for it. All right. Uh, what? What for? What fortune would you want to get from a fortune cookie? 
Oof, man, that's a tough one. <laughs> Jeez, I don't know. I always thought my favorite ones were always the ones that just told me I love Chinese food, or I got one one time that said, "You're going to get new clothes." <laughs> Those are my favorite ones. Uh-huh. Not great reports. Uh, Chris, my best friend who, who used to be on the show, uh, he got one before that said, you're going to be a winner. And he looked at it and go, he goes, what the fuck does this mean? Is it saying I'm a loser now? <laughs> that, that all it always fucking got. Should have gone and played a scratch ticket. You might have won. <laughs> you, you never know. All right. You should know that this one's coming because it's important to me. Grape or strawberry jelly? Oof. I gotta go with grape. Grape jelly not, gang for life. <laughs> I don't. I don't necessarily pick one over the other, but it's it's instinct. I go to the store and I go, oh, grape, grape jelly. Yeah, I need that. I'm not grabbing strawberry first. So. But they're both good. I will say that. <laughs> What's your least favorite kind of music? My least country. Wow, I was thinking it was gonna be pop. No, some pop music. Come on, man. I grew up in the '90s. '90s pop was great. <laughs> Yeah. Country, country's all just one chord over and over again. The same three chords over and over again. And songs about jeans and whatever else. Like, I don't care. Songs about jeans. <laughs> jeans and beer and trucks. I don't care, man. <laughs> What's your favorite winter activity? Sitting in my house. I hate the cold. <laughs> I do not like the, I When I was younger, I used to like tubing. I will say that. When I was a kid, I used to love tubing. But anything that involves being inside is my favorite winter activity. <laughs> what is the one thing that annoys you the most? Ignorance. Oh, that's a good not one. Ignorance is in, not ignorance is in you don't know something like, oh, I don't know this. So I need to look. No, just people who are being ignorant in any sense of the word. That, oh, I was just having a talk with my girlfriend about that last night and why I don't use social media as much as I used to. This is this is the time where I see all that ignorance and it just I get fired up. Yeah, that's that's been uh, one of my my issues since this has happened too. My wife has been oh, yeah. telling me you got to be on less, and I'm like, uh, part of this or you know, part of being on is, is sharing the show and, and trying to like get a whole new people to be on. So it's like, I, I have to be on the same amount, but, but now you want to go on just to promote yourself. And I've got to see things about five G towers and injecting <laughs> into your veins. And I'm like, Oh my God. I'm like, I can't do this. <laughs> I think, I think my favorite meme that I I've seen since this happened was, it was a Photoshop job, and it was like a picture of the the Spanish flu thing from you know nineteen eighteen, and someone's like, "Look in the background, you can see them installing a one G tower." <laughs> yeah. I just, you know, it was great. I was like, oh my god! But yeah, to answer that question, definitely uh, ignorance is definitely my my big pet peeve. All right, and the final one: What is the creepiest basement you've ever been in, and why? Oh, man, there are so many. And I don't mean to say that like I hang out in creepy basements on the regular, because there are some creepy basements out there. So when I first moved into where I live now, this isn't the creepiest. When I first moved into where I live now, the guy I was living with at the time was showing me around, and we get out of the basement. And, I mean, it's like, you know, it's a dirt floor and all this and that, and a lot of, a lot of cobwebs and stuff. And then we passed this door, and he's like, whatever you do, just don't open that door and don't go in there. <laughs> we're just walking um come to find out there's really nothing in there except storage stuff but um my friend's basement 
my friend Nick's basement was always pretty pretty creepy too. Just a lot of really a lot of dim lighting and like wood paneling walls that's all chipping and falling off and like broken concrete floor. It was just really creepy looking. <laughs> oh, that's that sounds like like mine. Uh, there is a random part of the basement floor that is just broken up for some reason. There's no explanation. It's just broken up cement with like dirt there. I have no idea what the fuck. Uh, and uh, I don't know if you, I know you said you listened to a few, but only half my basement is lit. I don't understand that, but whatever. <laughs> but my, uh, as, as you know, a lot of a lot of houses, you know, a lot of them have like the same building plan, like the same floor plan. And so, uh, my parents' house, and when I first met, I, I mentioned it before, Brattlebrook Brett of the Dillon Street Boys. When I first met him, his parents' house had the same floor plan. So I go down to his basement, and they have this secret door. That just goes into nothing. So I went down to my parents' basement and I couldn't find it. And I just thought maybe it's still there somewhere. And it's probably got who knows what. <laughs> oh, well, you uh, you're you're always in the area. So when this is all said and done, you're more than likely to come hang out in my creepy basement with me. <laughs> I gotta add it to the list of creepy basements I've been in. <laughs> all right, man. I appreciate you being on so much. Uh, this this was oh, awesome. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I, I appreciate you having me and, and reaching out. Like I said, I'm glad that uh, that I can make the time to be on the show, and I'm glad that you could make the time for me to be on the show. I really appreciate it. No problem. Now uh, it's time to shill. So you, you got any any merch or any social medias where they can follow you? Um, I have merch. Unfortunately, I haven't set up like a pro wrestling tee yet, pro wrestling tees yet, mainly because I don't have a lot of shirts right now. I Unfortunately, I got all my merch designs waiting until places open back up. Uh, my, my shirt maker is a local guy, so I always go through him, you know, supporting local business and all that junk. Um, I do have a YouTube page. Just go on YouTube, search Danny Adam. You'll find a lot of stuff. It's not – most of it's stuff that's personally recorded, not like the actual show um, footage. Some of it is show footage. Uh, I also have, obviously, Facebook, Danny Adam. Uh, I started really using my Instagram a little bit more, mainly because – more social media and I have all the time in the world now. Why not? So <laughs> you go on Instagram, search toxic terror and uh, I'm there as well. Other than that, don't, don't have anything else yet, but uh, uh, hopefully a pro wrestling tease is going to be coming soon. Once I can get some more shirts printed. All right, man, that works. And I will be, you know, one of the first to try to put a shirt in or put an order in. If <laughs> I got shirts, I got pins, stickers, <laughs> hoodies, I got all sorts of stuff. So all right. Every, this isn't just for you, but for anybody out there, if you want something specific too, whether it's specific size, you want a certain design on a button, please reach out. DM me on either Facebook or Instagram and we'll, we'll make something happen. I'm always open to ideas and stuff like that. So That's right. The big boys <laughs> like me who need 4X shirts. Let me tell you, real quick before we get off the show, I, I made hoodies back at the beginning of the winter. I knew I really wanted to make a hoodie. And I, I loved the design. It was great. It came out awesome. And that's what I wanted. And when I, when I got ready to, to get them printed, I put up a post. You know, I did the whole thing. I did the boost post. Wanted everybody to see it. I said, if anybody wants a specific size, reach out and let me know. Because making big, big hoodies, I'm almost getting no return on that. So I'm like, oh, if anybody wants one, please let me know. You'll get a special price. And I think I kept it going for like two weeks. Didn't get anything back. So, all right, whatever. I made mediums, larges, extra large. First guy who sees it. Oh, I like the hoodie. You got that in a 3X. I'm like, nope. 
<laughs> you had your chance, man. <laughs> that was like um, uh, Joshua Wells uh, from Chikara. He actually did do a TIW show. Uh, Joshua Wells. You know, I worked him in a match at BAPW. Oh, all right. Uh, he's Actually, it was me and three Chikara guys. It was a four-way match. It was myself, uh, Joshua Wells, uh, Devontae's. Devontae's is a great guy. He's another one who's been he's, – he's all around as well. I've seen him at Immortal, NYCW, TIW. He's, he's making the rounds too. And uh, Lance Steele. <clears throat> oh, man, Lance Steele. <laughs> not, to brag, not to brag, but the Toxic Terror came out on top. So. Oh, <laughs> But uh, he's doing a run that right match now. Is also, that match is also on my YouTube. Oh, is it? All right. I'm going to watch that as soon as I'm done with this. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, but Joshua is doing, you know, a pre-order for one of his shirts. And, you know, I looked and it was only the 3X. And all I literally did was tweet at him, oh, no 4X? And he's like, oh, I'll add it right now. So it's always <laughs> important to at least, if you are a big guy like me, don't be afraid to reach out. To wrestlers you want merch from and to ask and if they have it from your size we don't want to leave anyone out but not to but i hate to say it though but this is a business you know and if, if big big shirts come at a, a higher cost so i can't make six seven eight of them and then not sell any of them i don't even make small shirts anymore because <laughs> nobody's buying size small shirts <laughs> There is a fat tax for us. We need to remember that. And we don't want to really, like I said, the big thing to me is I don't like leaving anybody out. People come up and they're like, oh, you have a 4X. I'm like, oh, no, I don't. I'm sorry. And I feel awful about it. I'm like, can I offer you a pin in this trying time? <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Thank, again, thank you so much for doing this. Uh, I wish you nothing but the best, and I can't wait for this to be over thank so we can you. see you back in a ring again. Absolutely, and I hope that uh, hope these podcasts keep up. I saw you just did 1,000 1, likes or views or, or what it was, 1,000 listens. So that's, that's really awesome. I'm glad to see that. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. All right. I'll talk to you uh, soon, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. Sounds good. All right. Take it easy. Yeah, you too. Bye. Bye. All right, everybody. That was Danny Adam, the Toxic Terror. <laughs> Uh, as I was saying um, earlier, we mentioned some of the places he, he wrestles. You can easily find matches of him on his own YouTube, as just mentioned. Uh, Truly Independent Wrestling has all their shows for free on YouTube. Just search Truly Independent Wrestling. You'll see his stuff on there. Uh, Immortal Championship Wrestling, just check their YouTube. They've got plenty of his matches on there, too. Um, New York Championship Wrestling, I'm sure, has stuff up of his as well. And uh, Paradise Alley Pro Wrestling, he has a couple, a few matches on there too. He's uh, he's a guy who's really been getting out there in, in the Northeast. And I'm truly, truly grateful for him being on. As he was saying, and this is one of the things I want to say, I want to thank everybody uh, so much. We did The show did just reach uh, 1,000 total listens. So thank you to anyone who has ever listened at any time for any reason. I really appreciate it. All of it, uh, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine that this was going to happen a couple months ago. So, so thank you all so much. And uh, as always, thank you to my wonderful, beautiful wife Shelby for putting up with more of my shit than she needs to, and again for coming through with the sweet lighting. And uh, as always, I love all you guys. I appreciate everything, and uh, I'll see you in a couple days. Love you, bye. <laughs>